Welcome back to Kill Me to Friends. We always love having Senator Lindsey Graham on, whether he's running for re-election over in Afghanistan, telling us the latest with Iran, or running for president. And now he's done with the re-election, but he's doing everything else. Senator Graham, welcome back. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it very hey, much. I, I know you're probably one of the busiest men in America right now between your <laughs> campaigning and between your studying All the 100-plus right. pages on the Iranian deal. First off, I'm interested in your take, Senator, because you're one of the people that doesn't look to uh, 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 for the talking points. Uh, you right. read and you react. What disturbs you and what intrigues you most about this deal with Iran and the P5 plus one? That our goal to dismantle the Iranian nuclear program uh, was not met. We've locked in an industrial-sized Iranian uh, enrichment capability with the mere passage of time they can reprocess. The bottom line is we've ensured over time they will get a bomb, they'll have a missile to deliver it, and the money to pay for all this. I think it's a terrible deal that the next president could do much better only if you leave congressional sanctions on the table for leverage. I know you're going to be in Iowa on Friday where you hold a no nukes for Iran town hall meeting, which you excel at, uh, at the uh, West Des Moines Marriott in obviously West Des Moines. So uh, that'll be intriguing and it'll be insightful. It'll be the first stop on your tour since you launched last week. You got these guys called Senator John McCain and Senator Lieberman. Uh, they'll be by your side and be always in your corner. It's very intriguing and heartening to see the way you guys uh, watch out for each other. But Senator Graham, in particular, I was struck by the fact that Saudi Arabia and I believe the UAE have signed off on this. They now back this deal. Does that change your mind as Sunni nations? Uh, well, I, I don't know if they backed it. I haven't seen that. Is that something out today? Uh, it was um, out saying that uh, they backed the report. I believe the foreign ministers have come forward and saying that. Well, I, I've gotten a different impression when I called them, so this is it's good to know this. Uh, at the end of the day, what's one of the big fears of this nuclear deal that it will spur a nuclear arms race? That if you give the Shia Persians a nuclear capability, the Arabs, the Sunni Arabs, our allies, will feel threatened and have to go down the nuclear road. So, that, yeah, that would matter. Their view of the deal definitely matters. But Israel's view is unified. This is not Bibi. This is Herzog and Lapid, and every corner of Israeli political life says this is a bad deal. From our, from our, our point of view, we've taken our chief antagonist in the Mideast, Iran, and given them more money and more weapons. Lifting the arms embargo was not even subject to negotiations when we first started the deal. So we've empowered the Ayatollah with more money and more weapons that can be used against us. So I'll be surprised if the Arabs embrace this deal, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll see where, see where they go from there. Uh, we do know the Iranians are doing the PR tour, going through the EU, and are <laughs> yeah. visiting. Their foreign minister, Zarif, is visiting yeah. uh, Arab capitals. Yeah, I, I see that. Here's what I would say to the American people. We can get a better deal, and we must. The problem is that no one in Iran believes that Obama would use military force to stop a nuclear breakout. And if they don't believe that, they're going to have a different negotiating posture. No one in Iran believed that John Kerry would walk away from the table. This deal is far different than I envisioned it would be. It has a lifting of conventional weapons arms embargo that will make the most destabilizing regime in the Mideast more powerful. They get $100 billion without having to change their behavior at all, and we've locked in place a very large enrichment program. Just by the mere passage of time, they can do anything they would like. Here's the bet the administration is making, that over the next 10 to 15 years, Iran will change. Here's my bet. 
that over the next 10 or 15 years, the Ayatollah is going to be stronger than he is today. He's going to have more money, more weapons. And the last thousand years is the best indication of what this religious theocracy will do over the next 10 to 15 years. Here is uh, what the greatest fear that Governor Huckabee has for the state of Israel. Uh, this president's foreign policy is the most feckless uh, in American history. Uh, he's so naive, he would trust the Iranians, and he would take the Israelis and basically march them to the door of the oven. You think that's over the top? I don't think it helps in my quest of trying to attack the deal based on its merits. I like Mike Huckabee. He's very supportive of Israel. So am I. I'll put my credentials up against anybody running for president as to who supports Israel and who understands the Iranians. I'm not naive by any means. This is a religious theocracy <clears throat> that I think really would, if they could, uh, destroy Israel because their version of Islam doesn't have a place for the state of Israel or a democracy. But having said that, we're trying to round up votes. And what Mike did here that I think was a mistake is – question the motives of Secretary Kerry and President Obama rather than attacking their work product. So it's going to make it a bit harder to get Democratic votes. If you make it personal, they get a free pass. If you make it about the substance of the deal, they're in a, they're in a box because it's a bad deal. I want you to hear what Rand Paul did. He was hosted, uh, it was, it was hosted by Concerned Veterans uh, for America, mm -hmm. and uh, he said this, in the Shriners Hall, Paul asked veterans to think about the conflict in different terms. He was standing more or less among candidates uh, to overcommit, who overcommit to the Middle East and to start wars. The choice was not between pacifism and victory. It was between victory and expensive jingoistic blundering. Why don't we quit sending foreign aid to people that hate us? Why don't we quit sending foreign aid to countries that burn our flag? And some people don't get it, including a senator from your state. Uh, who loves foreign aid to every country. He's projecting power around the world. You don't project power from bankruptcy court. <laughs> well, here's what I would say to, to Rand Paul. There was one senator who rejected my resolution that passed 90 to 1, and the resolution said the following. We cannot allow Iran to get a nuclear weapon and try to contain them because it won't work. Once they get a nuke, they will share it with a terrorist group and it will come here, or they will one day use it and start a nuclear arms race. If they ever get it, you can't contain them. Ninety senators agreed with me. There was only one senator who disapproved of my resolution, Rand Paul. So here's what I would say about uh, Senator Paul. He is more misunderstanding of the Mideast than Obama, and that's saying a lot. He agreed with President Obama we should pull all of our troops out of Iraq. I objected. I think I was right. He did not support helping the Free Syrian Army three years ago when it would matter. This is a religious war. We were attacked on September the 11th, 2001. We didn't have one soldier in, in Afghanistan. We didn't have any foreign aid. We didn't have an embassy. So in Rand's world, if you leave them alone, they will leave you alone. In my world, we got to put radical Islam in a box, whatever it takes, as long as it takes. A schoolhouse in a remote region educating a young, poor girl will do more damage to radical Islam uh, than any bomb. So I am for leading from the front. I'm empowering people over there. We've got to have partnerships that include assistance. Rand Paul had a budget that cut all aid off, even to Israel. So if you don't want to be at war all the time, you need to help people. You need to right. build up others. 
Uh, very true. We're talking to Senator Lindsey Graham, but I'm sure and it's one percent of the budget, by the way. So when you say we could balance the budget by limiting foreign aid, it's less than one percent of the budget. And in my view, I'd mm -hmm. rather help people help themselves and have to be at war all the time. And I should clarify: the New York Times headline in the Middle East, the Middle East column from Helene Cooper, uh, says. Saudi Arabia approves of Iran deal, according to the U.S. defense chief. That is Ashton Carter. He was extremely upbeat after meeting in the kingdom yesterday. Well, I want to make sure. I'm going to get to talk to Mr. Carter here, and I want to hear it from the Saudis, not the defense. Uh, the defense secretary, who I like, said that we're doing well against ISIL. He says that we've uh, never been stronger in the eyes of our allies. <clears throat> he's watching a different movie than I am. You need to watch this hearing today. All right. Uh, tell me about the hearing. What, what are the questions we can expect from you, Senator Graham? And you know that Secretary of uh, State Kerry is going to be ready with a, a myriad of answers. He's already done plenty of speeches and had interaction already. Well, I want to get at the 30,000-foot view of things. Tell me why you think Iran will change for the better over the next decade. Tell me what makes you believe that they're going to be different in the next 10 years than they've been in the last two years. Why did you lift the conventional arms embargo? Where did that come from? At the end of the day, what is your view of the Ayatollah and what he wants to achieve? How close are we? We're two months away from a breakout. At the end of 15 years, if they comply with every letter and don't cheat at all, where will we be? Two months away from a breakout. What did we get? We gave them more money more weapons. The people who want to overthrow them have no hope now. So we've locked in place the Ayatollah stronger than ever, and for $100 billion, we got nothing in terms of changing their nuclear program. Fifteen years from now, it is no different than it is today, assuming they don't cheat. You got a lot to go over, uh, and hopefully he'll shorten up his answers so you can have this thing called a follow-up question in more than a couple of minutes. Real I'm going quick. to show you how to control right. a witness here in a little bit. <laughs> Great. Uh, real quick, say, what's your take on Turkey? Okay, we'll bomb ISIS but really destroy the Kurds? How does that help? That shows a foreign policy in complete disarray. We're using their air bases, but here's the price. We're going to destroy Kurdish villages inside of Syria. What we're doing is about to open up a new front in the war. Syria is drawing everybody into the conflict. So when we look the other way, when they bomb the Kurds, that's a big mistake. I'm glad they're helping with us with ISIL. But when they start attacking the Kurds, you're going to open up another front. And the Kurds have been the one group that actually been helping us. Well, who's been talking to Turkey to get to use Inserlik and to cut this deal? Do you believe we made a side deal that said go bomb the Kurds as long as you help us? I think we look the other way. I think the Obama administration doesn't know what they're doing. you got to remember, the people who are telling you this is a good deal, the commander-in-chief, President Obama, is the same guy that withdrew all of our troops from Iraq when he was told not to. Yep. That said ISIL's a JV team. He doesn't right. know what he's doing. Senator, it's time for your second most important interview, and that's with Secretary of State Kerry. Only you're asking the questions. Thanks so much.